Hey, Frontier Church. Tomorrow is our third sermon in our sermon series about the spiritual practices, flourishing in the chaos, five spiritual practices to help you cultivate a life of responding to the spirit rather than reacting to the chaos. So tomorrow morning during our gathering, we'll be exploring the practice of solitude together. And like all of these disciplines, solitude should be thought of as a practice or a discipline in the spiritual gymnasium. And like all practices in the gym, it should be thought of as something that may not feel good in the moment, but will make us better and stronger in the long run. And as we'll see from the life of Jesus, solitude is a vital way in which we train the soul for spiritual formation. There was one Christian writer in an article that I read this week that had this great quote about the current state of spirituality in the Western world. Quote, If churches came to understand that the greatest threat to faith today is not hedonism, but distraction, perhaps they might begin to appeal anew to a fragile, frazzled digital generation. End quote. So, Let's settle in to meet God in solitude right now. Begin to focus, begin to bring your focus in on one story from the Bible. This comes from Mark chapter 1, verses 32 through 39. That evening at sundown, they brought to Jesus all who were sick or oppressed by demons, and the whole city was gathered together at his door. And he healed many who were sick with various diseases. And he cast out many demons, and he would not permit the demons to speak because they knew him. And rising very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus departed and went out to a desolate place, and there he prayed. And Simon and those who were with him searched for him, and they found him and said to Jesus, Hey, everyone is looking for you. And he said to them, Let us go on to the next towns, that I may preach there also, for that is why I came out. And he went throughout all Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and casting out demons. So, simply begin to meditate on that early morning following Jesus' public ministry. Begin to meditate on him waking up early, sneaking away to the desolate place, meeting the Father in prayer, feeling the weariness and exhaustion from the previous day melt away, connecting deeply with the God whom he loves. What does it mean for you to follow this Jesus?
So Matthew, Mark, and Luke, all of these gospels have a strong focus on Jesus's pattern of life to do ministry and then withdraw away to a quiet place to meet God the Father in solitude. In Luke, this pattern happens no fewer than nine times, nine times. And in Luke's gospel, there's actually a relationship between busyness and solitude. And it's actually not this, more busyness, less solitude. That's not the relationship in Luke's gospel. If you map out Luke's gospel carefully, chaotic life and solitude have an equivalent, not inverse relationship. What I mean by that is the more busy Jesus is, the harder Jesus pursues solitude. Is your life like this? The interesting thing about this is that for us, when we get busy, solitude is usually the first thing to go. Solitude is the first thing on the chopping block. And the message that telegraphs about who we are could not be any more clear. Solitude is a nice luxury if you're lucky enough to make time for it. So is spending undistracted time with God the Father a luxury for you? Or is it essential like it was for Jesus? In C.S. Lewis's book, The Screwtape Letters, one of the demons calls the devil's realm a kingdom of noise. And this demon claims, quote, we will make the whole universe a noise in the end. Here's why I think this quote is especially pertinent for Frontier Church, our local church. In 1 John, we learned that one of the enemy's chief strategies is to lead people astray through false doctrine. In Frontier Church, while we're not perfect with doctrine, our church is very thoughtful and careful about biblical doctrine. We guard the pulpit carefully. We're explicit about our doctrine as a church. We preach the scriptures. So if you're the enemy, what do you do when you encounter a church like ours? 
If you're the enemy, what do you do when you encounter a church that won't allow its doctrine to be manipulated and diluted and polluted? Well, you probably try to divert that church through distraction. You kick and you scream and you interrupt and you distract. And so I think that's why one of the greatest threats to our local church is the threat of being hurried and distracted by Satan's kingdom of noise. And if C.S. Lewis is right, if distraction and noise really is a mark of the kingdom of darkness, then how important is the practice of solitude in the kingdom of God? So again, is spending undistracted time with God the Father a luxury for you? Or do you consider it essential? One Christian writer explains the consequences of neglecting solitude. I'm just going to read a few of these, and as you're in prayer with God the Father right now, just ask yourself whether or not you identify with any of these consequences of neglecting solitude. First, when we neglect solitude, we begin to feel distant from God, and we end up living off of somebody else's spirituality. Maybe it's a podcast, or a book, or a devotional, or preaching. Or second, we begin to feel distant from even ourselves. We lose sight of our identity, and we lose sight of our calling. Or third, we feel an undercurrent of exhaustion and anxiety that rarely, if ever, goes away. This sense that we're always behind, we're always trying to catch up, we're never done. That, that sense never really goes away. Or fourth, we turn to our escape of choice rather than drawing our energy from what's life-giving like prayer, solitude, scripture, meditation, the presence of God. Rather than drawing our energy from those sources, we end up trying to suck our energy out of our escape of choice. More caffeine, too much wine or alcohol, another Netflix show, porn, our social media feeds. Or fifth, 
emotional health settles into our spiritual lives, the smallest things in life become triggers. A throwaway line from a boss, a snide comment from your spouse, the smallest thing and we lose our tempers, we bark at our kids, we get defensive, angry, we sulk. I don't bring up any of this to multiply guilt or condemnation. I simply want to draw our attention back to Jesus. Waking up early, sneaking away to the desolate place in Mark 1, meeting the Father in prayer, feeling the weariness and exhaustion from the previous day melt away, connecting deeply with the God whom he loves. What does it mean for you to follow that Jesus. Amen. So, church, for some of you, 15 to 20 minutes of solitude is cake. If that's you, I would encourage you to let this podcast stop playing and just keep pursuing God in the solitude of silence. Press a little bit deeper into the presence of God and ask God to give you a prophetic word for somebody in our church tomorrow. Come prepared tomorrow to contribute to the gathering of God's people, to contribute to it, to speak a word of encouragement into somebody's life, to speak a prophetic word or a word of wisdom or a word of encouragement. But church, 
I love you and I can't wait to see you tomorrow.